Welcome to Native New Health. Let's get started. Native New Health will address specific health concerns that plague our people. So the first step is regular exercise. Oh. Don't try this at home. It's up to you what you like to put on, but it's very simple and quick. Exercise regularly. We cannot emphasize this enough. Welcome to Native New Health, an exciting program designed for Native people by Native people. Welcome to Native New Health. In our last session, we learned about diabetes, what it is and what causes it. But today, we're going to learn what we can do about it. So, what is the answer? The good news today is that you too can manage diabetes. So, let's get started. One great and simple remedy is exercise. Physical exercise makes our body cells work to generate energy so our muscles can work. Exercise burns up stored fats and sugars so the insulin in our bloodstream can deliver a fresh supply to the cells to continue generating energy. This is why doctors prescribe to diabetics the medicine of walking, walking and more walking. Also, under medical supervision, exercises such as swimming, jogging, bicycling and other sports activities have proven beneficial. The important thing is to keep a regular physical activity schedule. Unfortunately, the only muscle activity many of us get after a big meal is finger activity with the TV remote control. So the first step in reversing diabetes is regular exercise. Again, just getting the body working causes the muscle cells to use the stored up fat and sugar, which makes room for fresh, new sugar fuel and oxygen in the cells. This one big step of regular exercise is one of the two most important things we can do to manage and possibly reverse diabetes. The next big step in managing diabetes is diet, proper diet. Someone once said, you dig your grave with your spoon. By watching what you eat, you can prevent this disease from affecting you. It's not just cutting down on the amount of food you eat, but being more careful with what kinds of food you are eating. There are certain foods that are loaded with fat that aren't good for us. Let me explain. We were created to run on what we call whole foods. Fruits, vegetables, nuts, whole grains. Foods loaded with harmful fats and oils and refined sugar and flour are detrimental to our bodies. When food is processed and refined by modern day technology, the essential vitamins, fiber and minerals we need to maintain good health are destroyed. We call these processed foods 
empty calorie foods, or better yet, calorie-dense foods. One of the biggest culprits are foods that contain any trans fats and hydrogenated oils. Now, what do I mean by these types of fats and oils? See this potato? If I take it and bake it and eat it, I will take 120 calories into my body. If I eat French fries made from this potato, I will take in 460 calories. If I eat the same amount of potato made into potato chips, I will take in 1,000 calories. But if I turn this same amount of potato into Pringles chips, I will be eating a whopping 1,120 calories, all because of the oil that's added in processing. What's happening here is that we are changing our foods from their natural state into foods that are refined with bad fats and oils. This processed food will overload your system as they are assimilated and converted into excess sugar fuel your body can't handle. I wonder how much oil there is in this potato chip. try this at home. It continues to burn because of all the oil used to process this potato chip. Trans fats and hydrogenated oils are loaded with a high content of empty calories, again what we now call calorie-dense foods. Your body isn't designed to process the high fat content of these highly processed oils. So when your body cells become clogged with these calorie-dense foods, they shut their doors to it. These fats are then converted into high-content sugars to float around in the bloodstream, causing sluggishness and cholesterol problems which plug up the body's veins and arteries. The blood flow slows down, becoming restricted, not delivering enough nutrition and much-needed oxygen to the legs and feet, which can lead to tissue death in the extremities. The insulin molecules that are working frantically to process these high empty calorie sugar fuels are not able to feed the cells adequately. With this much sugar left over, the excess is then shoved into the kidneys, which then pass it into the urine. High fat levels in the diet and in the blood causes the insulin receptors on the cells to become insensitive to insulin or insulin resistant. As a result, we in turn become polluted and fat. Our bodies sputter and misfire like a car engine with sugar in the tank. It ceases to operate at peak performance. Many wonder if vegetable oils do the same thing to our bodies as animal fats. The answer is yes. If these vegetable oils are hydrogenated, overheated, and consumed in large quantities, it is the overload of empty calories or calorie-dense foods that are in hydrogenated vegetable oils that can be harmful. Did you know that it takes 15 big ears of corn to make one tablespoon of corn oil? How would you feel after eating 15 ears of corn on the cob? Yet, we take that much oil into our system when eating one snack-sized bag of potato chips. We are overloading our system with calorie-dense foods that have no nutritional value. Here is a good principle to remember. Beware of most foods that come in a crinkly bag or a wrapper.
These junk foods such as candy bars, chips and high sugar content soda drinks will only overload and clog your system. A lot of people have become so addicted to soda drinks that they can't imagine being without them. In order for our bodies to function properly, we have been created to handle or process approximately 2,400 calories per day. This amount fluctuates depending on how active a person is. Did you know that a 64-ounce big gulp-sized drink of soda or pop at the corner market has over 600 calories? One slice of pie, 500 calories, and one maple bar or donut up to 700 calories. One donut and one big gulp drink can load your system with up to half the calories your body can use in one day. And again, these calories or sugars are calorie-dense foods, meaning they do not nourish you. They are not the wholesome foods your body needs to stay healthy and strong. You may have an aunt or uncle or know someone who lives on Cokes and sweets who seem to get along okay, but their energy and quality of life is usually short-lived. Now that we've spoiled your day by making you aware of the dangers of some of the food that you enjoy eating, please don't give up because you're going to learn how to live healthier. We will show you how to make the necessary lifestyle changes and to manage and maybe reverse this dreaded disease. While we don't pretend to take the place of your doctor, we do want to share with you the fact that you are the one that must choose to live a healthy life. The fact that you have chosen this program is great proof that you have chosen wisely. Thank you for bringing me again on the second part of this wonderful show. And uh, Gina and Ed, I'm sure, explained very well what diabetes is and how to educate people about their disease. Now let, let's just move one step further and see how can we both prevent and treat this really not very pleasant disease. And a number one sort of rule for that is because most of our patients with diabetes are overweight is to lose some of the excess weight. This is absolutely critical, that's so important to do. It, to do that, also cornerstone of our effort is the lifestyle change. And in a lifestyle change, it's a personal responsibility of each of us for those changes. Because no matter how much I will explain it to you, if you go home and eat what you're not supposed to eat, there's very little I can do beyond that. And diabetes is a disease that has to be managed 24 hours every day of the week, every day of the year, and many years. Unfortunately, there is no way to cure this disease. There is a way of controlling it, minimizing the damage, or even remove patients from any kind of treatment except for lifestyle. So let me come back to lifestyle for one second. It's been shown in a several studies that lifestyle changes prevent diabetes in those who are going to develop it in 60, 60 to 70% of cases. So out of each 10 people who otherwise would have developed diabetes, six may avoid it by just changing lifestyle. And lifestyle changes would really be important for both diet as to what we eat 
and how much energy we spend. I wrote a book on, uh, on this subject. The book, the uh, first edition was called The Drasnin Plan. The second edition is actually called a little differently. It's the, um, called Living with Diabetes and explaining step by step what can one do to change the lifestyle, not for a week or a couple of days, but forever. That would become like brushing your teeth. You know, it becomes your habit of living different way of different life. And it's all in this book, and I would highly recommend. It's published by Oxford University Press. It's uh, very helpful to anyone who has that interest in uh, personal responsibility to take care of this. The, the question of uh, personal responsibility always a, is accompanied by uh, family responsibility for treating diabetes. Now let me give you just a very, very simple example. Let's say we're sitting around a table for dinner and we have little Joni who is developing diabetes. So you cannot really put on a, pla on a, on a table a plate of pasta for everybody and say, but you cannot eat it. Or everybody is enjoying pizza, but you little Joni cannot have it. You're gonna eat like a little rabbit a little bit of a vegetables there. It just doesn't work this way. It doesn't work for a little boy who has diabetes. It doesn't work for family. It creates resentment, creates poor compliance. So the better way to do it is when the entire family changes the habit of what they eat and switch to healthy eating at their table. When the entire family comes Saturday or Sunday morning say, let's take our bikes and go on a bike ride. Instead of we all sit here and watch TV, but you have to go and run around a, a, a backyard. We'll do it together. There's nothing better than that camaraderie of a family go together in doing some physical activity or changing what they eat. Don't bring a bucket of ice cream at home knowing that two or three people in the family cannot eat it. You know, it's just, just not gonna work like this. Well, and particularly for the families that more than one person is overweight. One only may have diabetes, but others only way to develop it anyway. So that lifestyle change should, should be right there for everyone in a family. It's absolutely critically important. And why children are in more danger right now? Because the examples of the families are frequently not there to lead them to this. Changing lifestyle also means for many of us uh, changing not only what we do but surrounding that the community does in some schools when people kicked out coke machines and replaced them with juice machines but juice has the same amount of sugar as coke so although it sounds like it's a natural stuff but in reality it's the same danger so you have to be not only knee-jerk responsive to that, but actually fairly thoughtful as to what you provide to these children instead of unhealthy uh, food that you do. And I understand some of those vending machines as a source of revenue for the school or for what, what, what have you, but one could replace it with much more uh, appropriate items there than uh, 
uh, unhealthy snacks or unhealthy drinks that, that we have. There, there's no question about this. If I may, I want to add uh, one thing for the maybe conclusion for viewers, uh, for the effort that uh, Gina, and Ad, Gina and Ed are doing, that very frequently changes in lifestyle involve more than one aspect. It's not only not to drink Coke or not to drink beer, but really avoid uh, harmful influence of smoking, of alcohol. That is absolutely critical. If anything comes out of our discussion and people start smoking less, that's already a huge, huge step forward. Nothing kills as much as nicotine and nothing contributes more to uh, complications of diabetes than smoking. So that has to be absolutely clear to everyone. Even before we do anything else, before we start running around playing soccer or whatever, rag, rugby, and is to quit smoking. This is absolutely critical. So the, the, the series of uh, educational uh, uh, lectures, educational events, um, must continue, and must continue not only in diabetes, but in other aspects of uh, lifestyle that we perceive. As we're getting uh, older, smarter, we should not be doing things that decrease our longevity. Nowadays, people live 80, 90 years routinely, and there is no reason for us to cut it down by our own negligence uh, when education is there to uh, educate people in that. And by the way, it's all in my book. If you buy this book and read it, I'll be happy to answer questions when you email to me. Uh, but it's all in the book how one can change that lifestyle. What to eat, what to buy, how to go out, uh, and what to order in the restaurants, how to use medications, how to use, um, uh, how to invite people to your house, and what to cook and what to serve. Everything is in this book. Today, many doctors recognize that type 2 diabetes can be managed and even reversed by natural means. But again, you must make the choice. It is important for you to know that a diabetic person must eliminate the source of the problem. So, here are the basic steps you must take. Eliminate drugs, alcohol, and tobacco from your life. We will dedicate lots of time in this series to help you get rid of these dangerous poisons. Stop eating and drinking foods that have refined sugars such as sodas, candy bars, donuts and such. Eliminate fatty foods that contain trans fats or hydrogenated fats and avoid fried foods. Substitute the bad fats with good fats such as olive oil and other natural vegetable oils, nuts and seeds. Begin eating at regular intervals and remember to include in your new way of eating low calorie content and high fiber foods. This will include natural foods such as whole grains, raw vegetables, fresh fruits, including citrus, nuts and seeds. You see, fructose sugar, as found in fresh fruits, does not need insulin to be converted into energy to feed the cells. One of the most powerful and effective foods you can eat every day is garlic. This one ingredient will help you with your diabetes more than any other. It will do wonders for you. Drink water. Mm, lots of water. You should drink one to two quarts per day.
This will help your body get rid of the accumulated toxins that your system will begin eliminating as a result of this new lifestyle. Exercise regularly. We cannot emphasize this enough. You must establish a daily exercise routine. Begin walking as far as you can comfortably walk each day, working up to one or two miles at least four times a week. Walking is perhaps the most beneficial exercise you can do. Be sure to get good walking shoes before you begin and always consult with your doctor before you do any of the things that we've suggested. So remember this, the solution to diabetes is not in a pill or a syringe, but in a new lifestyle change. We need to treat the cause rather than the symptom, don't you think? Never say it's too late for me. I'm past the point of no return. Listen, thousands have discovered a better way and are now living a normal life. It's never too late. So don't ever give up hope. You too can succeed. Cheer up and decide today to begin a new healthy lifestyle. What do you say? In our next session, we will be talking about obesity, which is directly linked to diabetes. Isn't it amazing that diabetes is virtually unknown in countries where people cannot afford to overeat? At the conclusion of this program, we will provide you with an excellent resource list of books and other literature that will help you start your new lifestyle. Gina, after talking about a healthy lifestyle and delicious wholesome food, I'm getting hungry. Me too. Let me show you how to prepare a simple, healthy, delicious meal. Well, we're gonna get our supper ready and basically I'm making pecan patties. It's a recipe that you can change into meatballs or a loaf. But tonight we're having patties because we're having hamburgers, like hamburgers, and Ed is going to make good for you fries. So I'm just preparing the pan here for the patties. I guess I better be careful peeling these potatoes. I got two down, one to go, and I still have all my fingers. I'm making a good for you oven fries. These are baked in the oven instead of deep fried, so we don't have to be concerned about all the fat and, and uh, all the frying. And... They taste absolutely delicious. Okay, we're finished here. Just gonna mix this up now. Italian seasoning. It's my favorite seasoning. I'm close. Okay, I'm getting my uh, seasonings lined up here. I haven't done this before. This is Gina's specialty, so, uh, but I'm willing to try anything. And you know, we should turn the oven to about 400 or 425, get it okay. preheated. Big. Four, two, five. All right. You know, the wonderful thing about this recipe is you don't have to follow it exactly. It's, it's whatever you like to put on. It's my so style. You like paprika? Oh, no. Oh, I like okay. doing, doing well, then you experimenting. Should enjoy, you should enjoy making this one then. Okay, I'm ready to do the patties here. Some people like to use forks. I like to use my hands. I should have did that right away. I just love the texture. So Gina, how big should I cut these potato wedges? You know, think about fries. You can make them really thin 
Or if you like the chunky kind. Yeah, I like the man-sized kind. Okay, there you go. You got your answer. All right. But, uh, I know Ed likes onions, so I left big chunks of onions for oh, Ed. Oh, yes. <laughs> Have them flat, flattened out so that when they bake, they're going to cook through. Don't, don't make them too thick. You can have them very small, or you know, just fit it to uh, just fit it and size it to your hamburger bun, to your bread bun. Good dribble of this olive oil back and forth. Smush it around. Enough? And, yeah, Hopefully, I just use my hands. Here. See, my hands are clean. Mm -hmm. Oh, this feels a little bit like changing oil in the car. <laughs> A little cleaner oil, though. Olive oil is much better than butter or lard or Crisco. It's, it's a good oil for you. Your body uses it much better. And don't forget that, you know, if, for a change, if you like this recipe, you can uh, make a loaf out of it or you can make meatballs. And we bake them. For 30 minutes. So halfway through, about 15 minutes, you can turn them over and just to be sure that they're well cooked and they'll be ready. Throw it in there. So Nothing neat about this. That's one tablespoon okay. of olive oil. Well, next on the list here, we have garlic powder, and it's right here. You know here. what? Instead of measuring it, it's, it says that you can put a half a teaspoon of garlic powder in, but you know, just sprinkle it in. So this is half a teaspoon. Doesn't it, remember though, it doesn't have to be half a teaspoon. It's what, you know, your flavoring, your, what you like. We are gonna put them in for about 30 minutes. And then we're in for a treat. All right, do you think they're done yet? Ooh, I think so. Mm, yeah, I can smell them. them. Oh, look oh, at them. Oh, it's hot in there. good. you did really well. So as you can see, I've prepared a plate of the dishes we've made. We have the pecan patties, and I also want to garnish a little bit of the good-for-you oven-fried wedges. Well, wish you could be here to eat with us, but can't, but we'll eat for you.